Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Turnbuckle Terminal fans, welcome to the show here on another Sunday afternoon. Sun Guy and JB Moonshine with you. JB, back from a, a long hiatus. JB, welcome back. Thank you, thank you. Glad to be back. Well, real fast before we jump into things with our guest, if you're looking for some pro wrestling today in Sparks, Nevada, Find the show there with a lot of our own Pacific Northwest talent on it. So get down there if you are in the Sparks area. But without any further ado, I want to welcome our guest to the show today. He is a very, very promising rookie out of the southwest part of this country. Jason Dredd, thank you very much for taking time to be with us today. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Well, since today is the first time uh, you're with us, I will start you out with our first-timer question. What got you into the business of professional wrestling? Man, so uh, honestly, uh, it's something that I've always, always wanted to do. Uh, like most people, I grew up watching it. Uh, I grew up. Uh, just south of Memphis, Tennessee, where wrestling is like religion there. Uh, so, you know, I always had an interest in it and uh, never really had a, a place to go. Uh, moved out to Albuquerque in 2015, and uh, I started training in 2019. Uh, just, you know, the universe just lined up perfectly for me. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's something that I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to entertain. I've always wanted to... Uh, make people feel emotions. Uh, so, you know, wrestling was the best place for me to do that. Uh, you have a very, very good trainer, someone we've had on this show before. Uh, so I know you are well trained, and it shows on the footage that I've seen. When you got into training to be a wrestler, a couple of years ago, were you prepared for what training was going to be like, or was it something that was very different than what you had imagined? Man, so I had uh, I had a lot of expectations, I guess, going in. Um, you know, I, I thought that it was going to be uh, pretty brutal, uh, really. Um, now, it is definitely one of the most challenging things that I've, I've done. Uh, 
you know, on my first day, I definitely threw up a few times. I'm not going to lie there. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I had I had an idea as to what was going to happen. Uh, some of it, you know, some of it was pretty accurate, and others it was not accurate at all. Um, but, yeah, like I said, it was uh, – like you, well, I echo what you said. You know, Gino is uh, uh, an amazing, amazing trainer, uh, very patient and works with us, uh, especially like on the first day where, you know, we're taking the bumps and the rolls and uh, running the ropes and stuff. But, yeah, I, I definitely threw up a few times. Now that you've been in the business for a little bit and you've made these towns, is pro wrestling especially in the area that we're in right now where uh, things aren't quite normal everywhere, but is it similar to how you envision things might be as an independent wrestler, or have you been surprised about what the life on the road has been? Man, I'm I'm actually extremely surprised. Uh, I was more or less expecting uh, things to be more local, uh, where it's you know you kind of stay where where you're at. Uh, I didn't really know that you know the the indie guys branched out as much as they do, where they're traveling uh, nearly every weekend or every other weekend or however they do. Uh, I had no idea. Um, it wasn't until I started training that I started seeing all the local promotions uh, and the promotions that I've worked for. Uh, until I started working, I've, I've never heard of them. Uh, so finding that, I, I would call it a, a gold mine of pro wrestling has been amazing, but it's not something that I expected at all. Uh, I've never never really knew how big indie wrestling was. Now you, of course, are fairly new to the wrestling industry, but one of the things that a lot of people have been doing in the last year and a half since uh, live shows have been either non-existent in a lot of places where they've been scaled back due to regulations is using merchandise to keep income flowing. Uh, I know merchandise right now is a big part of what a wrestler can make. Mm -hmm. What's the merchandise in like for you personally? Well, so right now, you know, with being uh, so new, it really – it really depends on where I'm at as far as like how I do with, uh, with sales and stuff. But, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, uh, merchandise is a, a very big, a very big thing for, for independent wrestlers. Um, I actually have even went as far as to, uh, make my own merchandise. Uh, all my t-shirts that, that you see online or at the shows, uh, I do water bottles, uh, working on getting my own stickers made. Uh, but, yeah, everything I make myself. Um, and if somebody messages me or whatever the case may be uh, outside of the show, 
or ask me at a show, you know, I can do custom orders and stuff like that. So being adaptable, because uh, not everybody wants uh, a black T-shirt with white lettering or a T-shirt with your face on it. Um, so being able to adapt and say, well, this person's favorite color is red, so I'm going to make them a red T-shirt, you know. Um, but, yeah, you kind of have to adapt with the merchandise and do things that are that are different that not everybody else is doing as well. Uh, that way you can make a little bit of revenue. Are you, in the short time that you've been wrestling, have been to several promotions across a number of states. Just based on what you've been doing traveling-wise, if there's someone out there that is just starting training and hasn't quite gotten on the road yet, what advice would you have for someone when they start going on the road and traveling for pro wrestling? Uh, promote, promote, promote. Nobody, and Gino preaches this all the time, nobody in this world is going to uh, promote you like you promote you. Uh, if you're on the road going to, to Arizona one day, talk about it. Uh, make a quick Facebook post or Instagram, Twitter, whatever the case may be, and then if the next weekend you're going to Las Vegas, talk about it. Let people know where you're at, and that shows a lot. I'd try to do the same thing where you know, if I'm in Colorado, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know I'm in Colorado. Uh, if I'm going to, to California, you're going to know that I'm in California one way or the other uh, because if people don't know where you're at, then they can't really get invested in you. Uh, and if you don't promote that, then they're not going to see it. Uh, there might not be a uh, a a pro wrestling fan per se, but there could always be a Jason Dredd fan, you know? Uh, and if that Jason Dredd fan happens to see my uh, Facebook status and say, well, yeah, he's going to be in Texas this weekend. You know, I, I might go and uh, go and see, you never know. And uh, that's my biggest thing, man, is, is promoting. Um, you can't rely on other people to promote you. You have to put in the work. You have to do it yourself are you in uh, footage I've seen have not only been in singles matches but you often work in tag team matches and sometimes you utilize a valet or a manager do you Mm -hmm. at this point in your career have any preference on tag team wrestling versus singles wrestling or working by yourself versus working with a manager? So, me personally, I like singles competition uh, mostly because uh, I like being able to uh, work the crowd the way that I like to work the crowd. and I don't have to worry about uh, too many other people. Being in a singles match, uh, I prefer it, you know, because it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I can control more about what I do and not have to – I don't have to focus on my, my partner or uh, anything crazy like that. Um, being able to, I guess, entertain by yourself 
and it's just me and one other person in there. You know, I feel like I personally can do a little bit more, uh, and I, I'm jealous, man. Like, I'm keep the spotlight on me. I don't need a tag team partner. Uh, as far as a manager goes, I, I really uh, I enjoy having them around, but uh, again, it's one of those things where uh, it's not always necessary. Especially, uh, I pride myself in being able to talk pretty well. You know, I'm creative enough. I feel personally like I'm creative enough to not need a manager for specific finishers. Uh, is it nice to have sometimes? Absolutely. Uh, tag team wrestling, it, it, it's challenging. It really is, uh, especially when you're not an official tag team. Uh, it's absolutely, it, it's fun, but it's not something that I want to do uh, ext- like frequently. Uh, I, I definitely prefer singles matches. All right. Well, my co-host QT Vokes could not be with us today, but he asked me to ask a few questions. So this help you as I get into some of QT's questions for you. Now, QT watched a match you had on the 29th of May from this year against Scott Sabbath, and mm-hmm. early in the footage of this video, you could see a Domino's pizza delivery being made at ringside. QT would like to know if when you saw that, did you make plans to use one of those pizza slices as a foreign object in the match? Not at all. Because I'll be honest with you, I didn't see that until after the fact. When I went back and rewatched the match, I saw that and I realized that it not only did it make me angry, uh, because they're literally like right in front of my camera, uh, they interrupted my my uh speech that I was doing, which kind of irked me at the time. Uh if I I promise if I'd have saw that uh mid promo, uh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would have. Uh but unfortunately I didn't see it until at way after the match had already ended. Uh, we were already halfway back to, to Albuquerque by the time that I noticed it. I imagine you would have started a Papa John's chant if you'd seen him in time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And since then, I have not been back to Domino's. I don't blame you there. Okay. QT also observed in this match that at one point the announcer said that you took a, your size six foot and stomped it on the number seven vertebrae of Scott Sabbath. And then 30 seconds after that, you yelled at the announcer that you had a size nine. QT wants to know if when you gave your statistics to the announcer beforehand did he just get a little bit dyslexic and confuse your size nine for a size six uh to be honest i don't know what that announcer's problem was uh because if you pay attention that whole match uh the insults that he was throwing my way were um 
unnecessary, uh, which is why uh, during the match I would pause to realign him, I would say. But, yes, for anybody out there that's wondering, I wear a size 9. Sometimes commentators on the independent level just go into business for themselves. Oh, yeah. Now, QT's last question that he had was he was wondering if you have Jason Dredd action figures, and if so, if they are not in mint condition and graded, then they would they be worth more than a medium Domino's pizza? Uh, to answer the question, uh, yes and no. Uh, so I did have a fan create a uh, Jason Dredd action figure, a fan in Colorado, uh, did an amazing job on it. It is probably better than any Hasbro BS that I've ever seen. Uh, but that is the only one, uh, and I would definitely say that is worth more than what anybody maybe – I think the only person that would be able to afford that is Jeff Bezos. Uh, so, yeah, I would definitely say – and if, even if I do commission uh, a line of Jason Dredd action figures, they would be more worth way more than a Domino's pizza. As they're specialty pizzas at that, and they're expensive. Uh, I would say only, only the elite could probably be able to, to purchase those. All right, well, hopefully Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks would purchase some if only the Elite could have them. And, um, at this point in time, my co-host J.B. Moonshine is standing by, and I know J.B.'s got questions for you, so J.B., take it away. <laughs> hey, how's it going? <clears throat> going great. How are you? Good, good. Um, well, uh, um, how or how much training? Like you know, I, I know you're too busy training and uh, this and that. But uh, how much training did you actually like go through before like your your very first like in-ring debut before they let you know? Uh, so I started training in August of 2019. Uh, we train uh, twice a week at the minimum uh, for about three to four hours. Uh, and that's every single week. Uh, Any time that I'm at a show, uh, I also I jump in the ring uh, at a show and I do a little bit of training there. Uh, and then I made my official debut in December of that year uh, in Arizona. So I'll get there. So I'd say about four, uh, about four months. Four months. Okay. Um, about four, four months. Uh, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, uh, you, you, uh, see, or here is uh, well, uh, since you've uh, been wrestling or whatever, uh, uh, what what is like the worst bump you've ever took in it? The one that you know for that rang your bell or uh, I can't remember the exact specifics of it, but I was in Arizona. Uh, 
and this was maybe my third or fourth match. It was a six-man tag match on a pre-show, and uh, I took a, a DDT. Uh, the problem was is that I wasn't expecting it to be a DDT. Uh, so when I took the bump, I really spiked myself pretty hard and uh, just face-planted. Uh, so I thought that I, I thought that I broke my nose because my nose immediately started bleeding. Uh, I felt like a, a crack in my neck, and I was like, "Oh my god, like this is this is bad." Uh, luckily enough, uh, it wasn't terrible. Uh, yeah, I did I did bust my nose, but I didn't break it. Uh, didn't hurt my neck or anything. Uh, since then, I've never. I've always been very precautious about DDTs, but yeah, that was definitely one that that scared me. Um, and it, 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 you want to talk about ringing a bell? Like I felt like the Roman Cathedral. Uh, it was so like scary. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely see that, pretty dude. I went for a dive once and caught my feet on the ropes, and pretty dude, yeah, I hit nothing but pretty. Dude. Floor and everything. Oh, man. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but yeah, those things, yeah, you got yeah, you to definitely protect yourself and, and your opponent because yeah, wrestling is really, you know, <laughs> yeah, and in your turn before started. Uh, for sure. And also, uh, I wouldn't really say it rang my bell, but definitely gave me a, uh, quite a scare, and I'm still dealing with it now. Um, like uh, two weekends ago, uh, I was in a, a championship match in Colorado, and in the middle of the match, I, I don't know what happened. It was just a freak accident where I rolled my ankle, and if you look at pictures, my my foot is completely sideways. Uh, wow. I actually got uh, yeah. Uh, I and it was the same day that uh, Conor McGregor uh, broke his leg. Uh, so in the middle of the match, you know, I, I rolled my ankle, uh, can't put any pressure on it right then, so I roll out of the ring uh, just to make sure that it's not broken. The ref comes out, and he's like, what's going on? I was like, yeah, I just rolled my ankle. And he throws up the X. I'm like, no, 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 no. Nope, absolutely not. Keep, keep, call it off. We're, we're, we're going to keep going. Uh, sure enough, I kept going, uh, hobbled on it for the rest of the match, uh, got to the back, and I barely could get my foot out of my boot because it was so swollen. Uh, and like I said, I'm still still working on it now. Thank God, I don't think it's broken, uh, but I definitely have some torn ligaments in my ankle. Uh, so I'm having to wrap it up and keep it iced. Uh, it bruised up a good little bit. It, it, it scares me because I got in the car and uh, as soon as I open Facebook, the first thing that I see is uh, Conor McGregor. And I was like, oh my God, that, that could have been me. Like, easily could have been me. Uh, yeah, so it was yeah. definitely one of those. Uh, yeah, it was, it was as minor as it was, it was very eye opening. Uh, to make sure that you know everything is good to go, and making sure your boots are tight, uh, making sure you're planting your feet the right way, because you never know what could happen. Mhm. Uh, that um, you you just like answered the other question that I was gonna throw out there. 
that that other question I was gonna throw up there was if you ever finished a match and seriously hurt type thing. <laughs> you just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, seriously hurt, no, but uh definitely working through that uh through that pain was uh it was unique. And like I said, the ref the ref held, held up the axe and you know, that ref kinda jumped the gun a little bit I would say. Uh he didn't really ask if I was good to keep going or not. Uh, either way, you know, it was a, it was a big match for me personally because it was a championship match uh, that I ended up winning. And I was not going to stop. Like I said, I was – and I, and I tell people this all the time. There, there is not a single thing that will make me not get what I want in this world. Uh, and – you know, even if I even if I break my leg, I was gonna keep going. So is that the first time you've ever had the edge thrown up? I mean, have you ever like not been able to continue a match, or have you ever, or you've always continued them, or was that like you know? Uh, that was the first time I've ever had the edge thrown up. Uh, I've been blessed enough to not have anything serious happen to where. I couldn't continue. Um, this is actually, I would say, the first time that I've ever really thought that I was seriously injured. Uh, but yeah, that yeah, that was the the first instance of that happening. And uh, hopefully, uh, knock on wood, it's it's the last. Yeah, definitely not on that wood. You don't need to freaking it's a mess. Yeah, quit. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Uh, um, since, you, since you've actually like uh, wrestled and you've had different type of matches or whatever, is there like uh, matches you ever marked as like one of your favorite ones, or and is there like one that you ever marked as like your worst ones, like one that you're like, what the hell was I even doing? Or, uh, I wouldn't really say that I've had a worst one. Uh, you know, I've had some times where. There were specific spots where I was like, man, I could have done this better. Uh, hindsight's twenty twenty on that one, though. Uh, but I've never really uh, what they call uh, crap the bed. Um, I, hope, I, I don't think so. You know, there, I'm sure there's people that would disagree. Um, as far as favorites go, I, I have a few that really stick out for me for different reasons. Uh, I wouldn't say I have a favorite, but I have I have ones that uh, that I put toward the top, but they have their own own specific reasons. I would say um, I had a, a few matches with Rolling Steel. Uh, you know, we were training partners and uh, pretty much arch rivals, so we we kind of kicked each other's butt all over the place. Uh, so pretty much any match with him was always really good just because we had a we had a good chemistry together. Uh, our minds when we when we put them together was amazing. Uh and he's he's one of my, my best friends uh in personal life and in the business. Uh so you know I put those matches up there. Uh I had a match with uh a new guy named Kid Dallas uh, that I also value a lot because it was his debut match, and I was able to to make him feel the way that I felt whenever I had my debut match. Uh, 
And also, pretty recently, uh, I did a, a triple threat turned into a fatal four-way match where I put Kid Dallas, me and uh, Roland Steele, actually, uh, we put Kid Dallas in a blue closet for the majority of the match and locked him in there. Uh, and then uh, turned around and beat the snot out of the, the other guy. Uh, and it was a qualifying match for the number one contendership. And, you know, I thought that was that's one of my favorites just because of how unique the match was. Uh, Fatal four ways can be really clustery. Uh, so I was thinking to myself on the way up there, I was like, how can we make it not clustery? Okay, we eliminate a guy. How do we do that? We're going to lock him in a broom closet. <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely works. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, so definitely that was definitely memorable. And then uh, I had one uh, gimmick match where it was no DQ. That's not only uh, that one was fun uh, because I've never done that before. And then of course my uh, the match where I wore my ankle was a championship match for uh, a company in Colorado. And I went on to win that match, uh, winning my first uh, championship. So that's definitely going to – that's definitely going to be one of my uh, top moments. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, have, you, or have you ever got, like, a chance to, like, actually wrestle out of the States? Or is that something that you're trying to do in the future, you know, like Japan or Canada or something? Or? Man, uh, I haven't gotten to do that yet, but it's absolutely on my wrestling bucket list. I wanna, I wanna travel to Europe and wrestle in Europe. Uh, I wanna wrestle in Canada and Mexico and Japan. Those are like my top places that I wanna go as far as outside of the country. Uh, so far, I've only hit uh, California, Arizona. Like Colorado and Texas, uh, but I do plan on uh, moving back to the East area where I can wrestle in Mississippi, Tennessee, Alabama, Arkansas, uh, and pretty much that entire area uh, by the end of next year. I can that. Yeah, wrestling's definitely over there. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's like a whole nother. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> like, Eastern side is like a whole nother country, yeah, as far as wrestling goes. Uh, is that the church? Is that the Holy Bible? <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, uh, have you ever had a chance like that to like uh, work any names like anybody you know like? That made a bid or any of that, or if you haven't, uh, would you or who would you like to work with or train with? Or? So I haven't gotten the chance to to do that yet. Uh, other than uh, I would say Gino, um, I've worked Gino in a triple threat match in Texas once, and I would say he's probably the the, the most high profile guy that I've worked. Uh, now, if I had the two, uh, I've always wanted to work uh, with Masters uh, because I've gotten to share a locker room with him and kind of pick his brain a little bit. And uh, I consider him a mentor as far as the wrestling business goes. Uh, so I definitely want to get in the ring with Chris Masters. And, and there's a few others. 
that I would like to give the ring with. Uh, but the first one that came to mind was, was absolutely Chris Masters. Okay, okay. Well, I think that's all the questions that I have. Thunder, <laughs> I think it's up to you. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, JB. And I do remember when you landed on your head. That was not a good day at the office. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. I couldn't imagine it was. It, it, it was decidedly not. Well, Jason, one of the things that is near to you, uh, as far as geography anyway, is the annual Cauliflower Alley Club reunion. Uh, it's in Las Vegas. Have you ever taken part in any of the CAC activities? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Uh, I haven't had the, the opportunity to work in Vegas. Uh, I've driven through there going to California, um, but so far I have not worked in Vegas. Um, and I would like to. I had a show lined up uh Next month, work in Vegas, but unfortunately they had to cancel it. Uh, but I'm actually not not really familiar with uh, with the Cauliflower Alley Club. Oh, you definitely want to get familiar with that. It's an organization that uh, has an annual reunion, so you have everybody from 40-year veterans that were on TV forever to young rookies gathering and just kind of having a reunion of wrestlers. Uh, the Cauliflower Alley Club is a nonprofit group, and they raise funds so they can assist wrestlers that are in need. Uh, for example, they paid off Paul Orndorff's mortgage when he needed it. Uh, a couple of years before he passed away, they did the same for Kamala. Uh, they helped pay medical bills. So it's a, a pretty good cause, and then they meet once a year, usually in March, but this year they're meeting in September, and they have about a four-day meeting where they have different activities, live shows, things of that nature. Absolutely. I will send you the address so you can get more information. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you one of the things in the last year and a half since a lot of wrestlers had the time to work on it and a lot of people wanted to come back sort of fresh once they were able to get back into the ring, no matter where they were, they had at least some hiatus. But a lot of wrestlers took the time to get new wrestling gear and update their looks and so forth. I know you were still pretty new uh, when things got shut down and then uh, came back, but did you go into designing any new wrestling gear in the pandemic era? Uh, not during the pandemic area per se. Uh, I was wearing uh, long tights for a while, and I still, I still do. Uh, but just quite recently, uh, I swapped over to more, uh, 
I'm so I swapped over to shorts, and I think I'm gonna start building my uh, wardrobe with with the shorts. Um, and I designed them myself. Uh, right now, I have three sets of gear, and I'm I'm working on getting the fourth uh, and designing that. But the fourth one is also gonna be shorts. Um, but yeah, as far as gear goes, uh, during the pandemic, no, I, uh, I kept what I had, and what I had was working. And uh, once the summer months hit, I was like, man, this is ridiculous. It's hot. Uh, so I uh, I ended up swapping over and uh, getting me a pair of shorts. Al, you wrestle a lot of uh, your matches in like the New Mexico area, and I'm sure in the summer months, especially, there are a lot of outdoor shows, especially mm-hmm. the era we're in, the outdoor shows are more popular than ever. A lot of mm-hmm. those can be held in some fairly uncomfortable weather conditions. Has the weather on outdoor shows ever affected you? Uh, thankfully, no. Uh, I would say... I worked in, and it's mostly in Arizona where the weather is uh, quite rough. And I've only had to work an outdoor show in Arizona and Texas. I worked one outdoor show in Texas, uh, and it wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be. But I'm also uh, I'm from the South, so the humidity wasn't really a big deal for me. Uh, but going to to Phoenix and working outdoors in Phoenix was uh, it was brutal. Uh, thankfully, uh, I took care of myself, and we were covered uh, as far as like direct sunlight goes. But it was still still extremely like hot. Uh, but the main thing is is making sure that you're taking care of yourself and you're hydrating uh, and not staying out there too long prior to your match and after, uh, because you definitely definitely don't want to end up having a heat stroke in the middle of your match. I have witnessed that before, and it is not a fun way to spend at the office either. Uh, Even when you take the equation of the heat and sunlight out of it, uh, wrestlers are in a very physical sport, and they can be out there for quite a while which means hydration is always going to be important no matter what. Looking at your own career and looking at what you observe around you, would you say for the most part that people on shows that you do maintain proper hydration, or do you think that people need to be a little more cognizant of making sure that they have enough liquid in them? Uh, well, I, I can't really say that I, I pay attention enough to know whether they do or not. Um, but, you know, I think I think taking care of yourself is extremely important. Um, and you can never never be too cautious when it comes to that. Uh, there, you could always do more. Uh, there's never an enough when it comes to that. Uh, not just with hydration, but, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, your body is healthy 
whether it's your diet, your workout plan, and stuff like that. Uh, but no, I, I can't say that I really pay attention enough to, to others. Uh, you know, uh, it sounds selfish, but you know, they're all adults, and you know, they they make their own choices. So uh, I'm not going to go around and police people and make sure that they're drinking water. Now, a lot of times for the rookies that are starting out, one of the harder things that a lot of rookies have trouble with is sort of knowing their fan base, knowing the crowd. You see a lot of wrestlers that are starting out not really uh, aware of the type of crowd they're on, so sometimes they're not crowd appropriate when they do things. When you go to a show, how cognizant are you of the type of audience that is out there? Do you kind of pay attention to if it's a lot of families with young kids or an all adult type of crowd? Do you pay attention to that type of thing? Um, Yes and no. Uh, I've worked one rated R show uh, at a bar, and you know that's a, that holds its own um, challenges and and whatnot. And you've got to have a lot more freedom when it comes to that. But uh, any show that's not specifically uh, promoted as rated R or adults only, whatever the case may be. Uh, I wrestle every one of them the same. Uh, my promos are uh, PG. Uh, I don't cuss. I don't swear. I don't make innuendos. Uh, I don't flip people off. Uh, mostly because uh, uh, I'm a father. Uh, I don't, and as a wrestling fan and a father, I don't want to take my child to a wrestling show and then have to explain something to them or what what's this word mean. And, and Gino is really big on that. Uh, we don't cuss in promos at practice. Uh, I, even at a radio show, I'm, I'm kind of selective in where I put it. Um, but any type of show, like I said, if it's not specifically stated, yes, this is a adults only show. Uh, I will not. I will not drop f bombs. I will not, you know, flip a child off. Uh, mostly, like I said, you know, as, as a father, you don't want to have to explain that to to somebody and you know now I'm angry as a father and now I can't really enjoy the show because I'm sitting there trying to explain to my child what uh, a specific word means and uh, or trying to tell them not to chant this or that um, you know so you know you got to kind of be cognizant of that too and you never know what is in the crowd so, yeah you can kind of gauge it a little bit but you know you don't want to talk about uh, your private area in front of a, a five-year-old, you know? I wish more people did not do that. Well, that's honestly, that's how Gino trains us, man. It's, you know, we we don't just train to be wrestlers. We're trained to be professionals uh, and, and not just indie wrestlers, but TV wrestlers and, you know, whatever the case may be. So, like I said, you know, I if, if I was in the crowd and somebody said something inappropriate to uh, 
to my child, I would be quite angry. Absolutely. I definitely get that. One of the things that has become fairly trendy in wrestling over the last several years is the deathmatch wrestling. It's sort of a niche audience within the wrestling fan community. Some people absolutely love it. Some people hate it, but it seems to be getting a little bit more popular in recent times. Where do you stand if promoters wanted to bring you in for death matches? Mm. That's a that's a tough one. Uh, so, as far as death matches go, I respect it. Uh, I it, it's definitely a a form of wrestling. Uh, I believe, uh, and a lot of people disagree on this, but I think wrestling is art. Uh, and art is extremely su- uh, subjective. Uh, what works for one person doesn't really work for the next person. Uh, I believe that <clears throat> I believe that deathmatch wrestling is in the same category. It's a subcategory of professional wrestling, uh, which makes it art. Some people like it, like you said. Some people don't. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Uh, me personally, uh, I respect it. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Uh, I will watch it. Uh, occasionally, uh, is it something that I see myself doing uh, often? No. Uh, I wasn't really um, – I've never really been interested in doing it. Uh, that may change in the future, I'm sure. But I will say if it makes sense for a story, yes, I would do it. Uh, maybe uh, like a blow-off uh, match or something where you know me and the guy have – had a, a blood feud for quite a while, uh, and you know this is the last little bit. And you know, like I said, if, it, if it's going to make sense for a story uh, for for me, that's pretty much the only time that I would do it. I wouldn't do it on a whim. Uh, not not right now. Not where I'm at in my career. Like I said, maybe in the future that might change. Uh, but uh, I, I respect the hell out of deathmatch wrestlers. It's something like I said. I I couldn't do it as often as they do, um, but right now it's not something that I see myself doing uh, frequently. Another popular aspect of wrestling, and especially in the last decade or so, has been Lucha Libre-style wrestling. Uh, there's Lucha promotions practically all over the United States right now uh, on the independent level. It's become much more accepted in the United States than it was 20 to 25 years ago with so much uh, Lucha Libre on television and WCW really bringing it to the forefront. You're in an area that seems like there would be a lot of Lucha Libre happening did you train in Lucha Libre at all, or is that something that you have not dealt with very much so far? Uh, yes, actually. I, we train Lucha uh, frequently. Uh, I don't do it a lot uh, in matches, uh, but, yes, I, I have trained Lucha. 
Uh, I love, love, love Lucha Libre. It's one of my, my favorite styles that I've learned so far. Uh, and yeah, I mean, looking at me, you wouldn't under, you wouldn't guess it, but uh, you know, I can keep up with uh, the luchadors and the high flyers and uh, do it a little bit myself. Uh, but yeah, Lucha Libre is one of my favorite styles of working. Uh, I've done a few with uh, Rolling Steel where we did some. Uh, you know, dabbled in the Lucha Libre a little bit. Uh, pretty much any time that I go to Phoenix, uh, there is a lot of Lucha Libre that we do in my matches. Uh, when you go to shows and you're uh, wrestling American style, do the promoters where you're at offer Lucha Libre matches on the same card, or do you see situations where a show is either American style or it's Lucha Libre style without mixing very much? Uh, I've seen both, actually. Uh, it really depends on the area. Uh, Texas, the, the companies that I've worked for in Texas, uh, depending on who is on the card, uh, you can kind of see them mix occasionally. Um, now, if certain people aren't on the card, then you won't see Lucha. Uh, Colorado is, is a, has a good mix uh, of, of both. Uh, Phoenix and Tucson. Uh, well, I'll say Phoenix mostly. Phoenix has a lot of Lucha Libre. Uh, Tucson has more American. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've, seen, I've seen both where it's either one or the other, but I've also seen it mixed. Fair enough. I think that's how it is up here a lot of the times in our area, too, is they have both options for you. Mm-hmm. Now, you are still fairly long, young, like we said, but I've noticed in my days in wrestling, a lot of times wrestlers adopt sort of a... Uh, Ritual when it comes to getting into their wrestling gear. A lot of people are very, very cognizant on putting their gear on in a certain order or in a certain way. A lot of people will do things with their wrist tape. Either they will write something on it or draw something on it or they will apply it in the same manner every time. But a lot of people have rituals when getting dressed prior to their match. Have you personally picked up any type of ritual that you use when you're getting geared up for a show, or is that something that you've not experienced just yet? Oh, man. Uh, You know, I wouldn't really say that uh, as far as, like, my gear goes – I guess I do kind of put it on the same way every time. Uh, I don't think I was just doing it intentionally. Uh, it's just the way that you know it, it worked out is is how I ended up just keep doing it. It's more of a well, this works and it's more time efficient. So this is what I'm going to do. Uh, all my wrist tape is usually the same. Uh, where I have uh, most of my hand covered on the left hand, and then the right hand is just my wrist. Uh, that that's pretty consistent. Um, 
And then, like, right before, I guess, as, as far as a ritual goes, like, usually right before I go out, uh, I'm getting myself uh, psyched up. Uh, if my if my school is there and we're representing, then usually we kind of group up right before one of us goes out and, you know, we'll give handshakes and, and wish each other luck um, and, and safety. Uh, and then, of course, you know, I always tell my opponents uh, – Right before right before the music hits is let's go out there and 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 kill it. Let's have fun. Let's be safe. And I, I guess that's more of a tradition uh, than I realized. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's definitely that's something that I always do. I always psych myself up and get myself in the zone. And you know, odds are I'm I'm talking to my my guy that I'm out there with, and you know, get trying to get them psyched up as well. Another area of wrestling that I guess you would call it a little bit controversial is the intergender match. Uh, There's a lot of promotions that will do a lot of intergender wrestling. Uh, Some promotions refuse to run it. Some wrestlers refuse to take part. Some wrestlers almost exclusively do intergender matches. Uh, There's a few promotions out there that recognize intergender tag team titles. Where do you stand when it comes to intergender wrestling? Well, I love intergender wrestling. Um, I'll use her as an example. Uh, Gypsy Mac uh, is one of my classmates in training. Uh, I know for a fact that she can go and she can hang with the best of them. Uh, her and I have not had the pleasure of working each other yet, uh, but every practice match that we've had uh, has been amazing, and it's some of the better matches that I've that I've had because of her, uh, not really because of me, but because of her. And it's like I said, it's one of the better matches that I've had that nobody will see. Uh, I personally, I think that um, most women can go just as much, if not more, than most men. Uh, And the fact that, you know, that people won't see that because they're a woman, it kind of irks me a little bit. Uh, I think, and and some people use the argument, well, it doesn't make sense. I I, I disagree. It can make sense if you tell the story. Uh, We're storytellers as wrestlers. Why can't you tell that story? I've actually done an intergender match with her once, but it was uh, a tag match. It wasn't a one-on-one. But, yeah, I mean, I I personally, I don't see anything wrong with it. Uh, If if she's a a worker and she's good, then, you know, she deserves the same treatment. It's not more than what some Joe Schmo would. I agree with you on that for sure. We're down to the last few minutes of our show today, and I want to give you an opportunity. If there's anything you would like to say to the listeners, plug and promote anything and everything you got, social media, upcoming shows, merchandise, your favorite ice cream shop, anything you want, floor is yours. Uh, All right, absolutely. Uh, So, uh, you can find me on Facebook and at uh, uh, Jason Dredd. 
Uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Jason Dread Official. Uh, D that's uh, D R E D D by the way. Uh, I'm on YouTube under Jason Dread. I have a link tree, uh, link tr.ee slash Jason Dread uh, that has a link to all of my uh, social media, uh, my merchandise uh, from pro wrestle tees. Uh, I, like I said earlier in the show, I make my own uh, merchandise mostly. So if you have something specific that you want, uh, shoot me a, PM, uh, a direct message and then I can get that for you. Uh, as always, like, share, follow, and uh, support local independent wrestling. All right. Well, I look forward to continuing to see how you progress in this sport, and hopefully we will get to have you back right here on this show in the near future. Best of luck to you as you continue to go upwards and onwards in wrestling. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for the platform. Uh, really appreciate it. Our pleasure for sure. JB Moonshine, do you have anything to say, plug, or promote? Well, um, you can always catch me on Facebook, uh, YouTube, JB Moonshine. Uh, um, I got some upcoming shows uh, next week on the 31st. I got NWP in Vaughn, Washington. I got NWP again on August 15th in McCary, Washington. So if you happen to be around, you'd always see me shining up over there. And hopefully, if the commissioner allows it to get off his butt, we should start having wrestling here in Oregon, and I'll be here at BCW in October. Well, keep an eye on that commission. The commission's tricked us before. I know. He needs the reason to allow us to wrestle. Yep, yep, yep. Well, you can always uh, oh. find me next week. Uh, next Friday, I will be in Port Orchard for Northwest Pro. The following day, I will be at the very first all-female promotion in the Northwest Glamour as we hold the first show at the Key Peninsula Civic Center, which will be immediately followed by Northwest Pro, which features J.B. Moonshine and our co-host Randy Zeller. So you'll find a whole lot of this show's yeah, at Northwest Pro next week. And don't forget that uh, you can also buy my my merchandise at those shows, or you can hit me up on JD Moonshine, and I will send you something. But they got to pay for it first. You don't just send it to them with the app. <laughs> yeah, 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 I got it, I got it. Yeah, I know, I know, thank you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't leave that part out. That's an important part of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotta yeah. pay for it first. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, if they have exact change, I know they can get it. You have a setup; they can pay for it if they want to have it mailed to them. Uh, uh, under uh, not yet. <laughs> it's 2021, uh, man. Get on that. I know, I gotta show up PayPal or something. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah, All right, well, fans, bring exact change with you next week and buy some moonshine <laughs> merchandise. I'm fresh out of shirts, so you can't buy mine at the moment, but I will resupply at some point. 
and get out there, support local independent wrestling wherever it may be. We'll be back with you next week, next Friday afternoon. We have the aforementioned Gypsy Mac with us. And then one week from today, we kick off Photography Month on Turnbuckle Turmoil. And our first guest for that month, Mouse, the very famous Mouse, who photography of pro wrestling shows all over the country. He's fantastic. Great to talk to him. So stay safe out there, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you.